Welcome back. Or should I say you're still here? As I'm editing this episode with Al Lyman, I just realized there was just so much good content. And so I wanted to add just this bonus content. I don't normally do this, but he had some really fun things to talk about. After we officially stopped uh, the interview, we just kept talking and had some good conversation. So I wanted to share some of this additional content with you. I hope you get a lot of benefit of it. Interesting things like talking about genetics versus lifestyle in terms of your health and well-being. And then we got into an interesting conversation that I think we can all relate to, which has to do with trying to make an impact and how what you do can impact that one person that might make a difference in their lives. How sometimes you don't know who you're impacting, and I can relate to that as a podcaster. You don't know who's listening, and he was relating to that as, you know, he doesn't know how many people are uh, always reading his book or comments that he gets. He's not sure exactly the feedback, but there are ways that he gets some feedback that he knows he is making a difference. So I just wanted to add this bonus content. I'm sitting here in my T-shirt. Don't even have my uh, work gear on <laughs> that I usually do for podcasting. So I just wanted to share this informal conversation with Al Lyman. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. I'm super passionate about, you know, just sharing what I've learned over a lifetime of thinking about these things, hoping to change some lives and try to make the world a better place. Someone could be listening to this right now who's 80 and going, there's no chance. Actually, there is. It's incredible the changes that we can make, how the human body can heal itself when we stop picking the scab and just start doing some of the right things. Uh, the future is, you know, we, we don't even, we can't even conceive of the possibilities. Yeah. So it's never too late and it's worth it. We're all- it's, a, it's interesting because I have one parent who's buying into longevity and health and doing all the things they can for themselves and one parent that's not. And it's heartbreaking as a son to see that happen, you know, and, and want to help your parent like see the different ways. And, but I've had to struggle myself to find those. So it's yeah. the self-awareness part. That's you can't, you know, yeah, at some point you have a light bulb moment, but it can take a while. You never know when it's going to get there. You know, I'll tell you, you know, uh, one of the things that I often say, and it, it sounds cliche maybe is resistance to change might be the most powerful force in the universe. Think about it. I mean, we think it's gravity, but our individual resistance to change, we don't want to change. Human beings, even when faced with circumstances that are deadly to them, like, you know, an abusive relationship or being exposed to toxic chemicals, whatever it may be, just making the decision to change that experience to do something different is so hard for us to do. And so I acknowledge that up front with people. I'm like, this is, this may seem simple, but this is going to be hard because what you're doing, some, some part of us almost has to die in order for some part of us to grow and change. And, you know, it, so that's hard. I mean, if I was doing, I've had podcasts where I you know, sit for an hour and it's a more in-depth conversation and gets a little bit more deeper. But obviously I would have asked, one of the things I had written down, I didn't get a chance to ask you was, um, you obviously had your near drowning accident. So you did have a near death experience. And it, it's interesting that how that affected your entire life. And you said you had PTSD, you had, you know, you had mental illness, mental struggles. It was just so interesting how you think that really impacted your life, like becoming the awareness at 25 to live healthy for the rest of your life. 
Do you think that was that played into it? Oh, there's no question about it. I, I think, as I said earlier, we all have these experiences. We're all bringing some element of baggage from our childhood. And it's, it's, it's very often impacting us in ways we're completely unaware of, but it, it really shapes our personality. I mean, I, I remember being at my 40th high school reunion and people saying to me, man, you were just really serious back then. Like, we didn't really know. Like, you, you were so intense. And I think that was my perfectionism, my drive to try to prove myself from the experiences that I'd had where bullying was a big part of it. That occurred during that same period of time, you know, the D experience with the water and then the subsequent experience with, you know, the swim lessons. So there were, I mean, I had some quite humiliating experiences. I mean, when I was bullied, as I tell you, as I say in the book, I, I would hide out, you know, for an hour after school got out as a fifth grader, 10 years old. Um, and then it's still inevitably uh, be met on my walk home from these kids, you know. I also tell the story of having met one of them just a few years ago at a funeral of, of a neighbor. Um, you'll read it in the book if you haven't gotten to it yet. This was, this was probably, so I've been in, I've been in Florida here now seven years. So it was the year before I think I moved here. So it would have been eight years ago. At this funeral of a neighbor, this guy comes up to me, who was one of the kids who bullied me. And he pulls me off and says, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And he, he starts to cry and he says, I just want to say I'm really sorry for what he did to you. This was wow. 30 some years later. That's amazing. And I, you know, as I, as I tell in the book, I can only imagine what people were thinking that were looking at us because both of us started crying. And, and he just needed to get that out. He just needed to apologize. I mean, that absolutely impacted me in ways I can't even imagine. It turned into this internal drive um, and, and made me certainly think about things in a, in a little bit different way. And I will say, I think it made it harder for my kids growing up too, because I passed some of that on to them. I, you know, I apologized to them at one point in the book uh, when I, you know, in saying that I just didn't know what I didn't know. And, and my drive, um, which, you know, in many instances got kind of transferred to them, you know, no matter what they did, it wasn't ever really good enough. Right. It, uh, they, they could do better. You know, they, they could work harder. Um, so, I mean, it, it's so, I, I think, universal in all of our human experiences that we carry these things on. And part of growth is just flushing them out and coming back to accept ourselves completely and totally as just normal human beings that have had these experiences that have molded us. I, one other question I was going to ask, I just didn't have a chance to, is, you know, I guess the question is, can you be genetics i mean you talk about your father unfortunately passing away at 62 or 65 something like that you're about that age right now you're in a totally different mindset you showed a picture in the book of your dad at 65 and you were just basically saying in the book how sad you were to see you know your dad in that condition at that age and now you're that age and you're obviously you're vibrant and different but you have the same exact genes yes 
I mean, it's yeah, crazy. I think this became this became uh, as the years went on more of a, a profound experience for me. I mean, as I as I sit here right now, honest truth, other than antibiotics after some dental work, I've never taken a prescription drug. Uh, and I've been fortunate, but I've also made a conscious effort to 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 make sure that I did everything possible to avoid being in those situations. And I've been fortunate. I've been hospitalized a couple of times after bike crashes, but uh, didn't didn't you know refuse any any meds they wanted to put me on. I think one of the things that kind of allowed me in my own mind to write this book at this point was that I thought, you know what, I've lived long enough now. So that I can honestly and truthfully and transparently say, here's my dad at 59, here's me. It's not about the genes or DNA exclusively. It's just not. And it's interesting. I was going through some photo albums that my mom has kept. And I talk about her at length in the book as well, too. And she's in the other end of the house right now. Um, But... I found a photograph of my grandfather in a convalescent home at 72. Um, and he looks like he's 102. Um, he's barely, uh, you just skin and bones. And he, he didn't really last much longer than, than that. I believe he passed at 73 or 74. The point being that it isn't just our family history. We want to blame it on our family history. When, you know, when we have an issue, you know, the most common thing I've ever heard is, well, you know, heart disease runs in my family. Actually, no, it doesn't. You know, heart disease is largely a lifestyle disease, pretty much exclusively. So what runs in your family are habits, you know, a way of eating and a way of living. That's what runs in your family. I just felt I'd lived long enough now so that I could, unfortunately, use the experiences that I've seen in my own family and just show here. I mean, pictures don't lie. It is what it is. I also say that I believe my dad. And in fact, most people from that generation did the best that they could with what they knew at the time. We know much more now than they did then, right? Both my parents were smokers for, you know, probably 25, 30 years. Um, They didn't know what we know now. And my dad was a hardworking blue collar, grind, you know, grind it out every day. We would do anything for anyone. Um, but he simply relied too much on the healthcare system, too much on his doctors, and never really thought about the things that, that I thought about very early on. And so I really give a lot of those folks a pass, much more so than I give people today a pass. Yeah. Because I think we know much more now. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear you so much. My, my parents are the same way. My dad smoked for 40 years. And at, fi- at my age, I'm in my early 50s, he uh, had a heart attack um, and almost died. And that was his life-changing moment. Now he's living a totally different life. He's yeah. hyper and healthy. He's in this, almost 80 and he's just doing really well. But it almost took a, a, that, you know, right. heart attack. It, it often does take that. Unfortunate. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, sometimes that, that is what it takes. and if we could only learn from the experience of those that come before us, but that's part of the wisdom that comes with age, right? It's this, yeah. and it's this weird paradoxical aspect of our humanity. And, and I'll let you go, but I was going to say that one of the things about, that hit me during this show is 
is you're never going to know what somebody is going to say that's going to get their mindset to change a little bit. It, maybe it's doing a certain meditation. We talk tons about journaling. So I, I'm with you 100% on journaling. Journaling is a life changer, especially positive journaling, um, reflecting on positive things. I mean, there's so much research on that. But so thank you for that. Um, I didn't want to interrupt you because but that's something we talk about a lot. But anyway, it's like just the little things that you're, you, you hear from people like you can make such a difference. I don't know what it takes. I mean, I'm still learning all these things. So what does it take to just make that slight mindset change to think, oh yeah, actually I could live till I'm 80, but healthy. I mean, that's, that's really your message is so powerful. You know, like doctors are keeping us alive till we're a hundred, but we're hooked up to machines, you know, and we're unhealthy well, and we're miserable. Yeah. Modern medicine is, you know, certainly we're in a situation where, you know, they're, we're able to stay alive longer by way of sort of prescription medications and so forth, so forth and so on. But the quality of our life certainly, yeah. certainly is suffering. I will tell you, you know, sitting here as an author, a coach, there are many days where I go, you know what? I'm, I'm just not making a difference. Why am I, you know, killing myself? working endless hours and trying to, you know, all the social media stuff uh, and just trying, you know, trying to share and, uh, you know, it's, I'm just wasting my time, you know, but I always go back to something, you know, a mentor of mine shared with me, which is, I mean, he just said it in a casual conversation. He said, you know, you may think, you know, what's best for someone, but it's not up to you to decide when they come to learn and understand it themselves. Mm. And so to your point, and I think the work you're doing with your podcast and certainly me trying to grind this stuff out every day, just hoping to plant a seed in someone's mind. And then hopefully, you know, they're able to act on it. Something happens or a switch goes off uh, and they're able to turn their life around and start to move in a direction that's a little bit more positive. Because I think we change the world one person at a time. And we do it first by looking in the mirror. That's really where it all begins. Yeah. And that's, I mean, doing this show, it's, it is, it's constant self-reflection. It's, it's, I understand why it's just so hard to, to make changes and, and things like that. But yeah. And I, I get you, like you do all this work, all these social medias and like, you don't know if you see the results, right? Like you don't, you don't get a paycheck that says somebody, Hey, you know, I watched your video and my life is, I mean, sometimes they do right once in a while. But uh, well, I'll tell you the reviews. I mean, your book is amazing. I, I was going to say the reviews are amazing, right? I mean, it's crazy. Like, yeah. Is it is it doing well? I mean, because it's that when you have such content that's really hits so hard, just in a matter of about, about getting it out there, right? Because it's so it's so powerful. I am. Uh, I'm sort of the definition of uh, the word obscurity. I mean, like nobody knows who I am, but you know, a podcast like yours helps, right? Yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, and I know I break some rules by, by saying this, but I don't track sales of the book. Um, good. I just don't, because to me, uh, I have so much other work to do, uh, to continue forging ahead that, that I don't want to go back and, you know, open Kindle and what, how many sales today? Oh no, only two. And, you know, and I, of course I acknowledge that in order to be a New York times bestseller, you got to sell I think it's 6,000 copies a day, yeah. right? Uh, and I don't, I don't even know how many copies I've sold. But I and do I, know the reviews are incredibly powerful and affirming. You know, they're, and, and whenever I need a little boost, 
uh, I'll go and read a couple and I'll go, okay, I'm, I'm doing well, all right. Well, there's an old adage like, you know, most people are lurkers. Most people don't take action. They don't, or they don't respond posts, anything. But I think there was a rule of like, for every one person that doesn't, there's eight other people that feel exactly the same way. Yep. So, and, Thank and you plus, for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so 10 times whatever your, your people yeah. reviews are. And the thing is, I know a lot of friends in this space and a lot of people have done books and they don't get 50 reviews. You know, you get 20, you know, they don't. So, um, you know, re numbers, like you said, shouldn't mean every, everything. But if you have, if you're resonating with those people so much, you just would hope that more people can get that message because you, you put it out there. It's, it's so good. Yeah. So the other uh, thing I found to be true is if I had, I, I get a lot of personal notes from people. Um, and then I'll say, would you share this publicly? And they're not inclined to right. in many instances. Uh, so if I could take what they tell me in private and share that, that would be helpful too, because certainly a lot of people have done that. You know, they'll share uh, personal notes. So I know the book is making a difference and I know the messages are making a difference. And I know, you know, when I wrote this book, I knew it needed to be easy to read and read like a textbook, uh, that it, that I needed to be transparent and honest and show all my warts along with all the things that I've learned uh, and that it needed to be inspirational. There's so many quotes in there and I, you know, constantly trying to make people think to reflect, you know, to, to just take a step back and really consider how important these things are uh, to, to our happiness and to our ability to, to leave a legacy or to, to just make the world a better place, which starts with our own, you know, well-being, obviously, in my opinion. So I knew the book needed to be all of those things. And when I read those reviews, I go, maybe I did some things right with it, you know? No, it's awesome. Well, keep going. I, I think every podcast, you know, you get on, it's going to be helpful. Like you said, you're, Today, I don't have tons of listeners probably, um, but you'd like one person that you hit today, you know, you change the universe in, in a positive way somehow. So cool. we hope. But it, it's hard to remember. It's hard to do that when you, you, you don't always hear it in your every day, you know? Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, I will say, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that retirement is never a good thing. And it's certainly something I learned from blue zoners. And I write about those in the book. This idea of always having a mission and a purpose and a reason to get up in the morning, something that pulls us or draws us forward. So even though I'm 63, I'm, I'm, I'm literally still working 12 or 13 hours a day uh, and I'm driven by that. But there are some days where I would go like, man, I just wish I could just like leave all of this for like a week and just go chill somewhere like right. that cabin in the mountains and I, you know, or something along those lines. But you know, but I'm compelled to just keep driving forward and trying to get the message out and, uh, and, and share more. Take some time to yourself, man. Take, uh, yeah. take some of that reflection time. I know. Reflection, reflection. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Well, let's keep in touch for sure. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.